The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, January 14th. In today's news, President Trump is under fire for concealing his conversations with Vladimir Putin. The National Security Council ordered up military options for striking Iran. And a federal judge temporarily blocks new Trump rules that would make it harder for women to get birth control. But first, the big idea. In a sign that Republicans are increasingly concerned that the standoff over Trump's long-promised border wall is hurting them politically, Senator Lindsey Graham, the South Carolina Republican, suggested Sunday reopening the government temporarily while continuing negotiations. Graham said on the Sunday shows that if talks don't bear fruit, the president could still consider following through on his threat to bypass Congress and build the wall by declaring a national emergency. Meanwhile, tensions have flared inside the West Wing as negotiations continue to have stalled. Trump complained and used multiple expletives about his new White House chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, while in front of congressional leaders this past Friday. He got angry because Mulvaney urged the administration to compromise on its demand for $5.7 billion in wall funding. Trump sharply criticized Mulvaney for suggesting that Republicans and Democrats could reach a number in between zero and $5.7 billion. One Trump advisor familiar with the heated exchange called it a scene, quote, right out of the godfather. In a search for an off-ramp, Trump and the Democrats remained far apart on Sunday. On Twitter, the president continued to point a finger at Democrats. Democrats ramped up calls for Mitch McConnell to take up House-passed legislation that would fund the government, regardless of whether the president would sign it. And a Washington Post-ABC News poll published Sunday shows that more Americans blame Trump than Democrats by a wide margin for the shutdown. But Trump continues to have a hold over the GOP rank and file. Support for building a wall is now 42 percent nationally, up from 34% last January. That's driven entirely by Republicans. Last year, 7 in 10 Republicans favored the wall. Now, 9 in 10 do. And only 22% of Republicans in the Washington Post poll say they want Trump to compromise to end the shutdown. Meanwhile, airports are increasingly feeling the strain as more TSA employees who are working without pay decide to call in sick. On Sunday, the TSA closed its checkpoint in Terminal B of Bush Intercontinental Airport in Houston because of staffing problems. Over at Miami International Airport, another terminal was closed for parts of the weekend because of TSA staffing shortages caused by the shutdown. And across other American airports, air traffic controllers, also working without pay, received hundreds of pizzas over the weekend from their Canadian counterparts as a show of support. The initiative began when employees at Edmonton's control center took up a collection to buy pies for controllers in Anchorage. Other facilities across Canada decided to join in, and the idea snowballed. Some 300 pizzas have now been received by American controllers from their Canadian counterparts. But the shutdown is taking a real human toll for some. One government employee with type 1 diabetes is now rationing her insulin as she struggles to pay her bills. Mallory Lorgie, who lives in River Falls, Wisconsin, said she only has two vials of insulin left in her fridge, but she's using them carefully because she can no longer afford the $300 copay. Her blood sugar rose to a new high this week, but she said she felt forced to ignore it. Instead, she went to bed. She told NBC she can't afford to go to the ER. 
She went to bed, she said, and hoped she'd wake up. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Trump and his allies tried to beat back a pair of bombshell reports that raised fresh questions about the president's relationship with Russia. The New York Times reported late Friday that the FBI opened an inquiry into whether the president was working on behalf of Russia after he fired Jim Comey. On Saturday night, the Post revealed that Trump has taken extensive efforts to conceal the details of his private meetings with Vladimir Putin, even taking away an interpreter's notes so that they couldn't be shared with senior administration officials. The president was asked on Fox News Saturday if he's working for Russia. He did not directly answer, but said, quote, it's the most insulting thing I've ever been asked. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo amplified that message Sunday, telling CBS that the notion this president is a threat to national security is, quote, absolutely ludicrous. Democrats counter that it's critical for special counsel Bob Mueller to be allowed to complete his probe into whether Trump or his campaign worked on behalf of Russian interests. Mark Warner, the top Democrat on the Senate Intelligence Committee, says it is, quote, the defining question of our investigation. One big story to watch this coming week, Trump's attorney general nominee, William Barr, will appear before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Tuesday for his confirmation hearing. Barr is poised to inherit a political powder keg in the Mueller probe. So far, there are no discernible cracks among the GOP that would suggest Barr's nomination is at all in jeopardy. Three Democrats on the panel are viewed as potential 2020 presidential candidates, so the hearing could offer an early glimpse into those lawmakers' lines of attack against the Trump administration. In case you were wondering, the three are Kamala Harris from California, Cory Booker from New Jersey, and Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. At the hearing, Barr intends to publicly repeat his pledge not to interfere with or shut down Mueller's work. But sources in the Justice Department and at the White House tell us that he is determined not to make broader or more specific promises about how he will approach the Russia investigation or any ethics review of his involvement in it. Number two. Trump's National Security Council, specifically John Bolton, asked the Pentagon late last year for specific options on striking Iran with military force. The request came after militants fired three mortars into Baghdad's sprawling diplomatic quarter, home to the U.S. Embassy, in September. But news of this request didn't come out until just this Sunday when it was first reported by the Wall Street Journal and then confirmed by others, including the Post. The shells, which were launched by a group aligned with Iran, landed in an open lot and harmed no one. But they triggered unusual alarm in Washington, where Bolton conducted a series of meetings to discuss a forceful American response, including what many saw as the unusual request for very specific options to launch strikes against Iranian targets. One former senior U.S. official tells the journal that it definitely rattled people. This person says folks inside the administration were shocked and that it was, quote, mind-boggling how cavalier they were about hitting Iran. But because it's their job, the Pentagon complied with Bolton's request and developed options for striking Iran. The episode demonstrates how Bolton has raised fears inside the Pentagon that the Trump administration might spark a conflict with Iran. Since Bolton took over from H.R. McMaster last April, he has intensified the administration's policy of isolating and pressuring Iran, reflecting an animus against Tehran that dates back to his days as an official in the George W. Bush White House. As a private citizen, he has repeatedly called for military strikes on Iran, as well as regime change. Number three, Trump administration rules were supposed to go into effect at midnight across the country today that would allow more employers to deny women access to no-cost birth control. 
But a federal judge in California has granted a last-minute preliminary injunction to block them in 13 states and here in the District of Columbia. The plaintiffs had requested that the judge block the rules from taking effect nationwide while a lawsuit against them moves forward. But Judge Haywood Gilliam limited the scope of the ruling to only the states that are party to this specific suit. The changes the Trump administration wanted would allow more employers, including publicly traded companies, to opt out of providing no-cost contraceptive coverage to women by claiming religious objections. At a hearing on Friday, Gilliam said the changes would result in a substantial number of women losing birth control coverage, which he said would be a massive policy shift. The judge previously blocked an interim version of this rule, a decision that was upheld in December by an appeals court. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, December 14th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.